The king of rock here on the Hoop Ball Kings cast. We appreciate you so much for being with us. I'm Damian Barling, along with your host of the show and my partner in crime, Jill Adge. Jill, I feel like so much has happened since our last episode, and it's been difficult to squeeze in episodes of the podcast because there's been so many games uh, as they just played last night, and they've got to play again tomorrow, and I'm saying this all on Tuesday, January 12th, so it, it, it all kind of depends on when you listen to this, but they just beat the Pacers. They got the Blazers coming up, and they've already, I think they lost to the Blazers You know, during this week that we haven't spoken to each other, uh, at least here on the podcast form, but people are feeling good because a two-game losing streak in which the Kings were absolutely blown out the water in both games, I think it was a combined 48 points, 21 and 27, if I remember correctly, uh, the ship has been righted around there. Yes. <laughs> an emphatic De'Aaron Fox dunk and a couple of defensive plays and the Kings get back, uh, get one in the win column by beating the Pacers. And, you know, so here we are. Basketball doesn't stop. Well, it does. No, it does we've not. learned, we've learned it does stop <laughs> well, in some cities. <laughs> hopefully it doesn't stop yeah. in Sacramento and hopefully this widespread stoppage or hopefully this stoppage doesn't become widespread as we've seen the Celtics miss a couple of games, but um yeah right and then they just announced another postponement for thursday so now they're even canceling out multiple days in advance well there, that was there. the wizards wizards and another one because the wizards don't have enough yeah wizards don't have enough and i think there's already concern that boston's game friday is going to be canceled so they canceled wanna, i'm wednesday. trying to understand how they thought bringing in two strangers a player into uh, their hotel room would ever come out with anything but this <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> we're i just i don't we're just not the sharpest society in the world man we we're just not the brightest group right now and we have just kind of thrown it all like to hell with it we'll figure it out later and this is what you, you get have to wear, yeah you have to wear masks on the court, you know, and finding coaches for wearing their masks wrong. Totally get it. Fine. Um, guys can't touch elbows or hands, but go ahead and bring two strangers to your room. No problem. Like, I love the, <laughs> just I love the, I love the no dap between free throws because it's like, y'all know. Like they're playing with one ball, right? Like it's like, are you gonna like what are you gonna do? Are you gonna switch out, you're gonna have an offensive ball, a defensive ball, like you're gonna switch out the ball after yeah. it goes through the hoop. Like, what are we what are we talking about here? And I and 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 I I I get it. You've got to yeah. try something, but man, it it feels like you I d I don't know about this one. I don't yeah. know about that. I mean, the, it's the same way NFL was saying, oh, you know, go hit each other and you know, spit on each other and do all right. that stuff, but don't hug post game. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> you can't get it on the court or on the field, but you know, afterwards, watch What's, out. <laughs> I, I love the Pacers coach last night. Is it Bjornson? Is it Nate Bjornson? I, I I feel like I've I've I haven't taken two seconds to look up his name and make sure I'm saying it right. Yeah. And their players he's, love him. He's screaming at the official with his mask off no, two inches sight. from his face. And the, <laughs> and the funny thing was I noticed it right away. Like, why isn't Bjornson wearing his mask? And he has it in his hand and he's doing it because he's screaming at the officials and the officials, of course, they're used to it. So they're not thinking anything of it. 
They're like, yeah, I'm totally used to another person screaming at me two inches from my face. There's nothing weird about this. When in actuality, he should have turned to him and said, fam, you can yell at me all you want to, but put your mask on or we're all going to get in trouble. And then collectively today, this is the result of everybody getting in trouble. Even followed him down the court. Too, right. The <laughs> that's like, that's what got me noticing it because it was like just a walking, and I'm like, I could he see was his whole face. <laughs> furious. He was like, I thought Luke was bad because he can't wear his mask properly. It yeah. always seems to be like sitting on his chin somewhere or just not in the proper place. Bjornson was like, the hell with it. I'm gonna get my money's worth. I'm taking this mask off and I'm screaming. So we joke like. Like, if you're the official, do you have to regulate this? Like, at the free throw line? Like, hey, 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 hey. Nope, don't. Don't you shake hands. Don't dap. Or, like, do you get to distribute technical fouls if someone daps hands? Like, it, it's a, again, I admire the attempt, but I, I, I just, yeah. I don't envision this working out. Minus a bubble. Like, I don't know how it does without a bubble. Or you... I still, I don't, it was even announced that they had said they talked about 19 player rosters and then they turned it down Yeah. at this point. I can't fathom. Why would they have turned it down? Was it a money thing? Like, I, I mean, I don't know, but a few of these teams could have used two more players and they would have been able to play. <laughs> I mean, most of them are right on the cusp of that eight. Like when you go back to the, yeah. you know, the first one, Houston, Houston was right. Like they hit that marker and they didn't, they hit the marker because of James Harden's nonsense. And so if you had had, and I think Jamal Crawford tweeted that um, after, after this create a player pool. Yeah. 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 Like I, there, there are ways around this and we all know, like, we don't have to pretend this is, this is about fulfilling television contracts. It's about getting money and there's nothing wrong with that. That's what the N NBA is trying to do. It's what the NFL has done. It's what major league baseball is going to attempt to do this upcoming spring. So you know, come up with a way that allows you to get, I mean, the barometer is 70. Like you're worried about that 70 game marker because of those regional television contracts. Yeah. Come up with a, you know, you can try to put all of these regulations in all you want, but come up with a, a game yeah. plan in terms of players and expanding rosters. Right. Even if it is something like a player pool and it's like unlimited 10 day, 10 day contracts or something like that yeah. to where, because you're seeing guys go in and out of contact tracing based on if you're 15 minutes next to a player for so yeah, long without a right. math, like you qualify. I, I don't know how anybody on the court doesn't qualify at that point, but right. Exactly. Like that's, but I mean, it has but to then be, I guess you're coming to the point where then those guys from the pool player pool are traveling. And then I don't know what's their testing protocol then of bringing new people in. It's yeah. I don't know. I, expand I, it to 19 let people quarantine and do whatever they have to do to to be able to add the two players and see what happens maybe you don't travel all 19 like maybe you have yeah. maybe i mean like you you literally okay dude this is your job this year you have to pretty much stay at home all right you do non-essentials and that's essentially what the nba said today as part of their new protocol thing is don't leave your residence unless it's for team stuff or, you know, essential stuff or extraordinary circumstances. Well, for, you know, those pool players, like you travel with what normally 15, they're those break glass in case of emergency players. You've got a jet standing by, you know, at the, at the airport or whatever. And if something happens and you need to fly somebody out to a road trip, 
then you do it. Normally, you know, before you start a road trip or you start a homestand, you know, if there's a problem and like, that's what's happening with Boston, like Orlando didn't even leave like Orlando, like they knew, okay, this game's not being played Wednesday. We're, we're not, we're not going to travel. They didn't have to leave to Orlando because Boston knew they weren't going to have enough guys to play on Wednesday night. So I, I think there's a way to navigate it. I wonder if there's an issue like with union dues. I wonder if there's an issue with, I, I wonder what is preventing this from happening. But, and then my thing though, but the, to me, the union, like you're putting the the seven, eight guys that are left to go out there and play all those minutes in injury, yeah, right. yeah. you know, concern. Like to yeah. me, that's just as important, should be just as important. I mean, I, I, yeah. I mean, cause we're seeing some guys play over 40 minutes, like consecutively mm-hmm. because they, there's seven, eight people. I mean, you saw Philadelphia, um, yeah put in Mike Scott, even though they knew or they had to, you know, suit him up, even though they knew he wouldn't even be able to play, yeah. but they needed just eight, eight people in, in uniform. uniform. Yeah. So this isn't yeah. an issue for the Sacramento Kings and their head coach, Luke Walton, as he is consistently, I mean, non blowout situations and the Kings, by the way, five wins are all in clutch time. Like they're all close games. They're not blowing anybody out. And I think they only have one clutch time loss. I think that's to, Houston, first game against Houston, they lost by three. But Luke is pretty much running a nine-man rotation, and we saw it tightened up a little bit further yesterday in that, you know, Hassan Whiteside played about, you know, 10 minutes. Corey Joseph played a little bit less than than he normally does, and we didn't see Belly played at all. Is that me or is that you? Not me. Ways you can bond with them. I don't think so. In their brains and bodies and protect their health. Your voice. That's got to be you. That can't be me. Don't have anything up. The harmful effects of stress. So as California surgeon John. Is that? Oh. Oh, I pulled up the stat page. (laughs) See. I'm like, it's not me. I don't have anything up. Yeah. As. Was that the ESPN stat page? Because that ESPN is a bitch when it comes to running ads. (laughs) Two more seconds, it would have been Holmes hitting a rainbow three. (laughs) (laughs) My bad. (laughs) That's what makes the podcast fun. It's a free commercial there. I was expanding the stat page, and there you go. (laughs) That happens to me so many times. Like, Thankfully, I don't have that potted up while we're doing the radio show. But the ESPN stat page is an absolute pain in the ass. Um yeah, but the but Lucas, you know, kind of he's run a pretty tight rotation this entire time. Like we've, it's been a nine man rotation again in non blowout situations. He's running pretty much nine guys. Yeah, and I've been asking this for for I don't know, probably most of the season is for whatever reason, Belly is just not. It's not his year right now, and so yeah. I was saying, put, putting Glenn Robinson. You have a guy that you know that can play defense. And he can shoot the three. I know he's a little bit smaller, but to me, his athleticism and and at least the defensive part of the ball would more than make up for, for the size difference. And we finally saw that yesterday. I don't know if it was based on a matchup thing um, or not, but we did see uh, GR3 get all the minutes that I assume would have gone to Bielita. I'm and and I love that. I'm all for uh GR3 minutes um particularly when they come at the expense of Nemanja Bielica cuz he really is 
kind of feast or famine. He he's either going to be like five of seven or six of nine or something, or or like one of four. You, like he's either going to he's either going to contribute in a major way where you notice it, or you're you're he's just not at all. And he's always right. a liability yeah. defensively. And that's the frustrating and, part. Right. And that's the thing. So when he's on offensively, like you can, you can cover it. Right. But right now he can't hit anything. Yeah. And so it's double the, the punishment. Essentially. Yeah. Right. I took nothing in, in, you know, as we kind of dive in here to the Sacramento Kings, they beat the Indiana Pacers last night. They got the Portland Trailblazers coming up. I took nothing away from last night's game because last night's game reminded me so much of the Chicago game. You know, you're coming out of the beat down by the Golden State Warriors. You lose by 31. You know, you come out there, hard fought victory against a, a backcourt that was just shooting the lights out against you. You got a couple of stops in the fourth quarter and you're able to get a win. And how did you follow that up? With a tremendous first quarter against Toronto and then seven quarters of hell between the rest of that game and then the Portland Trailblazers game. And so I looked at this like, okay, good. You snapped the losing streak. Good. We, we stopped it at two. We're not getting these four five, six game losing streaks that we saw last year. Like, awesome. I'm with that. But as I look like forward, it's kind of like, okay, now you've got to show me something against Portland because nothing about the game for me, Jill was like, okay, they're okay. They've corrected this or, or, you know, we saw, we did see a better defensive effort, but let's not pretend like they were a great defensive team yesterday. Like the Pacers shot like 49%. And right. Brogdon yeah. and Ola, uh, uh, Oladipo were shooting great again. So I, I, didn't take a, I didn't take a ton away from it. Until we see it consistently, I think it's going to be almost impossible to take things away because, you're again, you're just seeing it in spurts and sporadic which, okay, great. We know you can do it in spurts, but can you do it consistently and against good teams and bad teams? Yeah. It's, it, I mean, that's been our biggest issue. I feel like with this team for years is it's, you see the glimpses, but you can never get anything consistently going enough one way or the other. Well, I should say the other, we've seen a lot of bad, so that's <laughs> <not> fine, <laughs> but at least going good. Um, and and credit uh Rashawn Holmes and Harrison Barnes. I mean, those your vets, they came out and they were ready. And Harrison Barnes is having career year oh, man. All, all over the stat sheet right now. Um, so good. and I'm happy for him because he's been an easy one for for fans, you know, to to go after because of his contract. Um and he always had that, you know, re- at least reputation from fan wise of, you know, um, being the ball hog and a ball stopper and things like that, that the ball stops moving. We're not seeing that from Harrison Barnes at, at all. Um, he's finding guys on cuts. He's cutting himself. He's right. I mean, for the year, he's shooting 60% um, from two. And almost 55% from three. Like that's, that's That's, nuts. I mean, can he keep it up? I don't know, but I mean, in, in the Kings five wins, he's been probably the biggest anchor of that. And he's getting it from wherever he wants on the court right now too. I mean, no one's he's Euro stepping through (laughs) everybody everybody at the rim. You so, know what's funny right about now, Harris? Him. 
You know what's funny about Harrison Barnes to me is he's 28 years old. And I think sometimes people talk about him like he's 36 or like he's his 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 career is winding down. Like what and and this is the the one thing that I just sometimes don't get about fans. And it's one of the things that I sometimes don't get about being a fan and fan dialogue and fan conversations. With Harrison Barnes playing so well, you often see, oh, this is great. It's his upping his trade value. Like, why would you want to trade him? Like, why would you even consider trading him? Harrison Barnes is a player I would love to see both as the man, Harrison Barnes, and his wife, Brittany, and all that they've done in the community, and Harrison Barnes, the player, I'd love to see in Sacramento for a long time. There's a couple of players on this roster that I would like to see around this team for a very long time, and Harrison is one of them. And I just don't get the, like, oh, he's playing great, good, we can trade him. Like, why? Like, why? He's your best player. What are you going to trade him for? For most of the time, I see that from people who want the complete dumpster fire tank because they want one of those top three picks. But Damn even it, then, Tim I'm Maxwell! Is it? It's Tim Maxwell. Call, call him out by name. It's Tim Maxwell, isn't it? Is this what he's encouraging? I know. I knew it. I know. Um, it. I don't know if it's necessarily Tim. No, I'm just kidding. But Tim. there are was... there are people over there. I, I know Richard I stepped... would like to see a Richard would like to see a fire sale. <laughs> I I know Richard would. Richard Richard has said as much uh, on the show. I I'm that's just not me. Like I I don't know. I don't I don't want that. And and what's wild is I really like Harrison Barnes. I think Rashawn Holmes might be my favorite player in the league. I mean, like he's it's like it's like Russ and Rashawn. Like they're like right next to each other. And I know Russ sucks. Like give me a break. Like I know he's not good right now. I get that. I still love Russell Westbrook, but I love Rashawn Holmes. I love his energy, his attitude. The only guy on the floor yesterday, Jill, more hype after the De'Aaron Fox dunk. The only guy more hype than De'Aaron Fox was Rashawn Holmes. Right next to him screaming. (laughs) So awesome. They had, like, I have a picture that I got from Getty Images. They have the exact same facial expression. You would have thought it was Rashawn Holmes that just threw down the dunk. It's so great. And you, you said this a second ago. Those two guys, Barnes and Holmes, are the, I mean, they're anchors. You can count on them night after night. And I don't know if it's discounted because we're looking so closely at De'Aaron because of his contract. I don't know if it's because we're looking so closely at Bagley and we're, you know, trying to spot those signs of development or if, you know, we're watching Tyrese Halliburton and, 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 and the new prized rookie. But these guys, night in, night out, they get the job done. They do. It's His whole family is, is extremely easy to love, too. And his mom with the his yeah. mom and dad with the we won, we won. Yeah, and they yeah. have they're asking for fans to post those videos and stuff, too. But I mean, he's to, yes, those, these two players are, are often, I feel like the forgotten guys that have been so much of the glue of keeping energy attitudes. Um, I mean, these guys, they don't know how to not bring a hundred percent. And I love, I love that about them is they don't know any other way to play besides giving everything every night and whether it's, it ends up being good or bad, you know, okay. Most of the time it's good. So it's great, but I will never not respect a player for, you know what I mean? For going out there and, and bringing that night in, night out regardless. Yeah. 
Um, and, 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 and because I mean, over the years, we've seen plenty of people not, not do that and, and very apparent and open about it. Um, so I, I love glue guys. Um, it's he's he, Rashawn's another guy too, that does so many of the little things that won't, that won't get noticed. The fact that he will actually put a body on a screen. I love that about him because so many bigs are phantom screeners and I yeah. hate it. We used to have to run lines if we did not, <laughs> if we did not put a body on somebody. Um, and it, you see such a difference when, when Fox or Halliburton are out there with big man that actually put a body on a screen. It makes a huge difference. Um, so just, just the little things that I, I love that he does. Um, yeah, that's, it's, well, you, you're, a favorite. you're using the term glue guys. And it reminds me of the, the line, like for quarterbacks, when they call someone a game manager and it was mm. always kind of taken as like a insult, like, Alex oh, this Smith. he's yeah. yeah. Like he's not explosive. Like he's a game manager. Like he won the game for you. He's not going to lose the game for you. He might not throw for 450 yards, but with Harrison and Rashawn, I feel like you could make an argument. You're legitimately talking about right now in this very, very young season, the team's two best players. And and, and that's discounting De'Aaron a little bit. And I don't mean to do that. Like De'Aaron has had a fine season, but I think the, the, the problem with De'Aaron is we're looking for what's next. Like we're not enjoying the moment. We're waiting to see. Yeah. And it's, it's maddening. We shouldn't do that as I do it right now here on this podcast. We shouldn't do that. We shouldn't look for what's next for De'Aaron because he's playing very well, but you're looking to see him. Well, you know, he got the bag. He got that big max. You said, what's Donovan Mitchell doing? What's Jason Tatum doing? What are Jamal Murray? What are all the other players who got that same contract that, that De'Aaron Fox are doing? And we're trying to measure it up against that on good teams. <laughs> Well, there's that. But I mean, they're also around very different. I mean, they also went into winning cultures and winning systems. Well, I mean, to me, the fact that Fox has been able to do what he's done on a bad team is impressive because we've had players that we thought would do this that haven't even been able to do what he was been that he's been able to do. And it's funny we you read a lot of stuff leading into the season, and you still read it now, like about De'Aaron taking the next jump. Darren's going to yeah. take that next. It's like, wait a minute. He took a huge, a huge jump from year one to year two. You could say he even jumped from year two to year. How many more jumps does dude got to take? Like, what, well, like, right. where does he have to land? Well, and I keep saying, seeing people like, oh, until he's an all-star, until he does this. Like, you, it's almost impossible to be an all-star in the Western Conference if you are not a top tier team. Yeah. He, we saw that from Boogie. I mean, it took years, yeah. way longer than what, what Fox has had to go through, um, where he was getting triple teamed, uh, you know, every night, and he still was not being voted into the All-Star game. I mean, every, every game plan is around them, and yet they're still not going to get that love. I, I know that people want to see him being more aggressive. I yeah. totally got, I get that. And that dunk at the end of the game yesterday was a huge thing because I feel like he can do that a lot. Like there are multiple times during a game, we see it that, that he could probably do it. Um, I don't know about his legs between his injuries and think, you know, his hamstrings and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
we've seen his minutes go up a little up a little bit the last couple games, which is good. Uh, I know people want to see his three point percentage increase. That's that's something that's will will continue to be talked about. Um, I feel like I think he his has form, been his more form aggressive. Looks a lot better than it did at the beginning of the season. I will see that he's getting more leg into it, which and instead of it being all arms, which at the beginning, um, he was doing that at least at the beginning of the season. So, but again, we're, we're still early in into the season. I did not think the Kings would be five and six at all going against these teams. They're, they're exceeding what I expected, um, that they would be doing. I, I get, he has the big contract. So he's the name that everyone's gonna, you know, throw the darts at. And that's the way it works when you're, when you get paid that money. Um, but I'm not by any means disappointed in, in his season. I think he's having a really good season and I think he is being more aggressive. Um, I, I like, I, I, I mean, what did you like? I think we, we base his aggressiveness off maybe how many times he's goes to the foul line. And I thought before the year, if you get to the foul line eight to 10 times a game, that's, of course, I would really appreciate if Darren Darren hit like eighty percent of his you know foul shots, and he's he's been flirting with that number. I think he's been hovering around that number most of the season, but I I, I feel like he's he's done that. Like he's he's been yeah. more aggressive than he than he has been certainly in recent years. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there are certain times where you can see it click for him. Where like I'm going to take over this game right now. Like I'm. I'm going to be in that where I, I don't know. Like to me, you, you see a, a I'm going to win or lose switch. this game he go, right now. He goes yeah. a little bit quick. Like he starts getting the ball across half court a little bit quicker. Like things start moving and it's not so much of a, um, but I get it too. They're, they're working, you know, in a working Halliburton and new players and Buddy's been struggling on a shot. So they're having to work around that as well. I mean, there's, there's other things going on. Um, Buddy, so I, I get it. Buddy appears to do to have just given up on taking a two. I feel like it was trending towards where like Buddy was shooting like seven times in a game and six of them were three, or he was, he was, he was making six shots, but uh, uh, he, he was six of 11 last night. He was six of 11 from three the night before. I think he took, 12 shots or the game before I should say, I think he took 12 shots and 11 of them were, were threes. He was like trajecting to he's a, he, he is a walking one man Houston rocket. Like I am just going to shoot threes from here on out. And buddy's game was deceitful last night. Cause he did a lot either way. Like if you don't like buddy, you can use last night's game as an example as to why you don't like buddy. If you love buddy, you can use last night's game as an example as to why you love buddy. Like he did just enough in the right moments that made you love him. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) he was standing in the perfect spot when Holmes got that rebound under the basket. Oh my gosh. Kicked off and it literally rolled, rolled right to him. And he was able to step back and and drain it. And so funny about that play is he was just lingering there. Everybody else was battling in the paint for the ball. (laughs) He's just lingering there in the corner. And it's almost infuriating. Like, dude, go do something. And sure enough, grabs the ball, steps back, bang. All right. We love you, buddy. 
but I ain't going to forget that. <laughs> I ain't going to forget that you just lingered out there outside of the scrum. And of course, right spot, right time hits the three. Yeah. And I don't know if this is an overcorrection from being what we considered being used poorly last year, or if this is part of their new offensive system with what, with what they're doing, I, I don't know, but to me, there's gotta be some sort of middle ground where, I mean, he's not like, you're not even seeing cuts to the bat. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like where it's movement and then stand in the corner or stand at the top, like just run around the top of the three, the three point line, whether you're going baseline to baseline or not. But um, yeah, I mean, we, in previous years, we've seen him cutting and you know, things like that, where it's when he's not what the biggest thing for a shooter, when you're not making it, see the ball go in the basket, cut it. Right. It's, you, you have, he's done such a good job on building his body up and adding all that weight and muscle that there are some of the, some tiny twos to where, to me, it's like you, I don't know how you wouldn't be overpowering them, trying to take them. And whether that's maybe instead of having him create the shot, can you post them up? I mean, like, are there ways that you can at least get closer and post up a little bit? Um, but I know that doesn't necessarily work as well with our big man. Cause they're not too much stretch wise, but to me in his, yeah, his shooting slumps, I would have liked to have seen him try and get to the basket a little bit more to try and to do other things, because if he's not playing defense, right. And he's not hitting threes, it's, it's hard again, it's similar to be Elita. It's hard to have, to have you out there, which is yeah. why we've seen, I think Halliburton so much. And then even at the end of games and things like that. So Indiana went at buddy in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Like they tried to find, they consciously made an effort to try to find who was guarding buddy or who buddy was guarding, excuse me, in the fourth quarter. And they went at him. And and that's what I'm concerned about, you know, moving forward. It's like, okay, if if I had seen, you know, Malcolm Brogdon and, and, and Victor Oladipo had, you know, decent games, not great games, but decent games. We saw what CJ did, you know, a couple of nights ago. We saw what Zach Levine and Kobe White did a few nights before that, even in a in a in a King's win. And these backcourts seem to be feasting off of the Sacramento Kings. And now you've got a situation where you got Damon CJ coming back. And what does this wind up looking like for them? Particularly you hope there, you know, you use the word. Um, what was the word Harrison Barnes was using? It wasn't effort. Oh, the communication. Yeah. He was, he was, he was talking about communication defensively, but he was, there was a urgency. Urgency is the yeah. word I was looking for. Harrison Barnes yeah. was talking about there was no sense of urgency. And we talked at the beginning of the season about how much of defense can really just be put on effort. Like maybe you're not the best defender, but if you're putting in work that the defender is going to fill you. And Luke Walton talked last night about how he thought De'Aaron set the tone for the Kings defensively and how he was working extremely hard on that side of the ball. And it kind of carried over to the rest of the team. And, you know, I, I, I look at this and go, okay, it, 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 it did. It absolutely did for three quarters. And then it got to the fourth quarter and everybody was kind of watching the score like, okay, we've just got to outshoot them. And that's why we, you know, go back to how we started this podcast is I just walk away going, man, 
This is a team that's shot 56% in a loss. Like, that is wild to me. And they gave up, you know, 48.5% shooting. And now you've got the Portland Trailblazers coming in here. And you just, I start to look ahead at the schedule going, man, at some point, they're going to have to, it's great to get a win. And I don't want to minimize what they did against the Pacers. A win is a win. You just mentioned they're five and six. Like, that's great. But what now? Like, what are you going to do against the Pacers? What are you going to do to make sure that that urgency, to use that word, is there on a night-to-night basis? And Tyrese said, I can't, I can't, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't remember if it was Tyrese or Rashawn Holmes, but one of them said, there aren't going to be too many more blowouts with the Sacramento Kings. Like, we're just not going to let that happen. And it's like, that's a, that's a hell of a proclamation. Like, that's popping your chest out. Like, you're not going to come in here and run over us like the Portland Trailblazers did. Like the, like the Toronto Raptors did, like, you're not going to be able to do that anymore. So what do you do that? What, what do they have to do to make sure that that sense of urgency is there? Take it personally. Like to me, that's my thing. It's he was talking when Barnes was talking, he said, urgency, aggressiveness, lack of communication and guys not taking it personal. And Rashawn said the same thing. Um, I think Whiteside even threw it out there. Like when, when someone's going at me and what, no matter what you think about Whiteside, he said the exact correct thing um, that if, if someone is targeting you, like you're just, you, you're just going to sit back and let it happen. Like (laughs) it's, oh, well, here we go again, next game. Like we're, you know, they're going to target me again and they're going to target me again. Like at some point you have, you got to figure out something. Um, and, and whether that's even guys communicating with each other on the court, realizing what's going on. I mean, to me, I have a hard time believing that these guys aren't noticing when, when players are going at certain players, I don't, I don't know what, and we have Rex in there, right? He's yeah. Who's been amazing as a defensive coach um, with every team he's been on. And my thing too is I've seen people say, okay, well, it'll be interesting to see what Rex draws up here. And I'm like, yes, but at a certain point, like no matter how many defensive coaches we're putting with these guys and seeing the same results over and over, is it time to admit that it's is it just not going to happen? <laughs> I mean, as as depressing as that is, that it's, it's at just some point some it's not either this... don't care or they physically just can't mentally or physically they they can't either they can't read what's going on, you know, around them because there's something to be said for for good individual defense and good team defense, mm-hmm. right? The Kings Absolutely. only need to be good at team defense. They don't need to be individually you know an all nba defensive team i mean if you can just get five guys out there (laughs) playing team defense yeah it would do wonders so let's go back to monty mcnair and talking about the players that he acquired and 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 talking about high iq guys right like you have to be a high iq guy to play team defense and i use the example of draymond green You, you know everybody remembers if if you stuck around and watched that entire monstrosity you saw Draymond versus Marvin Bagley, right? And every time Marvin Bagley would move, Draymond was already there. 
because Draymond studies film. Like Draymond knows what's going to happen. Draymond knows the tendency of his players. And he also knows what players aren't going to be able to adapt to him knowing what they're going to do. You need, those are high IQ guys. Like Rashawn Holmes to me, and this isn't a question of his high IQ. Like, like I look at Rashawn Holmes and go like, he's an instinctual defender. He's an effort defender. He's super athletic. And if he misses an assignment or if he's, uh, if he gets, you know, if, 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 if his, uh, if the guy with the ball gets past him, he can recover because he's super athletic and kind of make up for it. So I think you have two different styles of defenders and two different styles of defense. And with the Kings, when I look at De'Aaron and Harrison Barnes and Rashawn Holmes, just looking at the starting lineup only, like those are three guys who can play individual defense. Those are three guys who can be instinctual defenders. And so the fact that it's gone so wrong defensively, to me, really puts a spotlight on the other two guys in the starting lineup. And truthfully, it really puts the two guys, it, it really puts uh, the rest of the roster, with the exception of Tyrese Halliburton, in the question. And Corey Joseph isn't a bad defender. So I feel like I've named half of the guys that play and have said they're not bad defenders, right. but yet this team seems to be really bad defensively. Well, and you're seeing, like you mentioned, all the guards that have gone off. You're seeing it consistently be guards that yep. are going off and not yep. not big men that are that are necessarily hurting. Well, besides Boucher the other day in oh Toronto. Oh, my gosh. But, um, he's, he's still I, scoring I had on the Kings. My, yeah. Uh, you know, and... And he's he's having uh, the last couple of games. He's he's gone off and he's played really well this year. But one thing I mentioned was that I saw that teams that had some sort of success or at least were able to stop runs, where they threw a a, a big bodied man out there like Whiteside to try and at least protect the paint a little bit. Um, we didn't do that. And I get it that there were people that felt he would have helped and hurt and you know, it, it is what it is, but that's really the only game I feel like where we've seen a big man kind of go off besides Sabonis yesterday at the beginning. But I mean, that's, that's a typical game for, yes. For Sabonis I mean, is, that's, he's so good. I mean, you saw Rashawn had six blocks and you know, <laughs> that's, that's part of, um, you know, the, what's so good about the Pacers is they can hit you from hit you from everywhere. But yeah, at, at some point <clears throat> these guards do have to, they, they got to figure it. I mean, they yeah. got to figure it out. If, if this team ever wants to take next steps and to me, that's just as much for Fox on taking a next step is, is his defense, you know, and increasing the fact that we're seeing a rookie go out there. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and look that much better defensively is is, the, is great to see, but it's also like damn, like yeah. damn, <laughs> yeah, you know that he doesn't even need all these years, and he's you can see him figuring things out. We have to see it collectively <clears throat> as the the team defense that you spoke about a moment ago. We have to see it collectively, yeah. but we also have to see it individually. And if your buddy. And you're targeted by a team in the fourth quarter of a close game, you know, to go back to the, to, you know, to the line that the guys were using the other, you got to take that personally. And so what are you going to do? No one questions buddy's work ethic. 
You can question all you want. I mean, that dude, I mean, he, when it comes to being an athlete, he's damn near on the freak level. He is, he's quick. He can move. So what's holding him back when, when buddy wants to play great, great defense, he he's capable. He's a capable defender. And so it's like, if I'm looking at this and I'm going back and watching that film, looking at like the Pacers are targeting me. We've got Damon CJ coming into our house tomorrow. Okay. Okay. And I think you can go back as recently as the start of the season where you saw Buddy make great plays yeah. defensively, where you saw Buddy be there was there 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 was time. There now I think yes. I think one of the frustrating things with Buddy this year is when you saw him being great defensively, the shot wasn't falling. Or not not great. Sorry, that was a that was a stretch. When you saw him putting in great effort on the defensive end, the shot wasn't falling. I think you are willing to excuse certain things from Buddy when the shot goes in. Because when the shot goes in, he's he's lethal. But it's not. And like we're 11 games in and it's like it's just not happening for him so far this year. Yeah. And and I guess we can leave it at that. Like, I I don't want to beat him up too much. Last week was do you try and put him in on in the second unit to see if that if that sparks something? Yeah. Um, You know, I was curious. Probably be better defensively there, too. I was curious with him on the. With, with him being questionable, if, if you had a chance for Buddy to, if, yeah, if you had a chance for Buddy to miss a game and put Tyrese in the starting lineup. Now, I know Tyrese started, but he started for Rashawn Holmes and it created that kind of small ball lineup, which turned, turned, it just didn't go well. But if you had a situation where, okay, Buddy was out for a game and you put, you know, Tyrese Halliburton in there and you just get a look at it without creating any stuff. Right. Any off the court stuff, any nonsense, any drama, you just have a chance to see it. I was curious how that would turn out. Obviously, we didn't see it. Both Buddy and and, and Rashawn were, were were both healthy. Uh, Tyrese resumed his role on the bench. He still played twenty eight minutes, but I I, I you don't know, know. And that and that tells you so much about Buddy too. Is that kid hasn't missed a game? And I mean, I, I'm trying to remember the date they gave, but it was a yeah. long time ago. I mean, it's. You know, he, he puts his body on the line like that's well, you know, but he, he also, and like those, you know, those, those still shots on Instagram, you know, that, 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 that there's a correlation there when you work that hard to keep your body in shape and you're able yeah. to stay free from injury, you know, those, those things aren't mutually exclusive, man. They're completely related. And I applaud buddy for that, which leads me more into believe he's a more complete basketball player than we've seen. And I don't, know what is preventing him from realizing that full capability because i believe that he is capable and he has the speed we know he has the speed yes he has athleticism um speed athleticism hustle he's got he's got it all and maybe a, a a longer period again with these coaches and with rex and things like that you know we'll start to see more of a difference i know we barely had a training camp we yeah. barely, you know, they barely had any practice time. So yes, he's put in all this work and on his body, but they're also learning new philosophies and new, you know what I mean? New, yeah. new schemes on defense and things like that, that we've seen flashes. Now, can he, can he get there consistently? And I hope that Rex can bring that out of him. I, I, I truly do. Gracie's ready to play. So she's got the squeaker toy in hand. She's ready to eat. So we're going to wrap up. We appreciate you for tuning in with. 
Well, uh, we're we're working on a number of things, including you know a live version of the podcast and in in more episodes. It's just with so many games happening one after the other after the other, uh, we just want to make sure that we get at least one out to you uh, each week, and 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 hopefully you still enjoy listening to it because many of you are probably listening to this after the Portland game. Uh, but there's so much Kings basketball ahead. We appreciate you so much for allowing us to be a part of your Kings coverage. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Make sure you follow at Jill Adge on social media at Damian Barling. And we'll be with you again here very soon on the Hoopball Podcast Network. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.